don't hit that skip button because I have huge news for you. The Rewind of the Living Dead t-shirt lives. It is here. It is available to purchase. Oh, yes, I'm not kidding. We finally got our Rewind of the Living Dead t-shirt out, and it's amazing. It is printed by the same company that prints for Cavity Colors and Fright Rags, which if you're a hardcore horror fan who buys a lot of horror t-shirts, I know I do, you know that's the very best and highest quality because we couldn't do anything less for our fans. It's an amazing full-color design designed by Jason Ragosta. It's very cool. It features a zombified myself, a zombified Damon, and it looks just like an awesome horror shirt because that's what we want because we're horror fans too. So we wanted to make a t-shirt that you could really sink your teeth into. Go to rewindofthelivingdead.bigcartel.com. Again, that's rewindofthelivingdead.bigcartel.com to get your t-shirt today. Rewind of the Living Dead is a review show, so spoilers are ahead. When James Wan and Lee Wannell unleashed the original Saw movie in 2004, nobody could have possibly imagined that the film would spawn one of the longest-running horror franchises in history. Comedian Chris Rock even got involved with his idea for a Saw spinoff called Spiral that actually delayed plans for an eventual return to the franchise roots, with Tobin Bell reprising his iconic role as Jigsaw. Once Spiral struggled at the box office, producers shifted gears rather quickly towards an original idea about a Saw sequel that would also actually serve as a prequel, with Bell coming back alongside series favorite Shawnee Smith as Jigsaw's twisted prodigy Amanda. The new sequel is set between the events of Saw and Saw 2, as John Kramer searches for a cure for his cancer that will allow him to live, but he soon discovers miracles rarely happen. It's a reawakening. I still have a lot of work that needs to be done. Saw X, September 29th. In the latest episode of Rewind of the Living Dead, we're going to play a game as we review the 2023 sequel, Saw X. I'd like to play a game. <laughs> we really are getting down our saw voice to something fierce on this show, aren't we? <laughs> I'm trying anyway. It's pretty hard. Tobin Bell's got a rather iconic voice. I wish I had a Tobin Bell voice. I don't. I got this one. I do. All I can do is I want to play a game. Although it just sounds like it's also <laughs> that just sounds like a dirty old man. Like I want to. You want to yeah. talk? You want to talk dirty? What's going on there? <laughs> it just sounds like Damon in a van. <laughs> it also it also fades into a little bit of Hulk Hogan. He's like, "What's going on, brother?" You know. I'll play a game, brother. Yeah, say your prayers each your vitamins, brother. So it's my <laughs> best. My best saw somehow fades into Hulk Hogan playing Jigsaw. <laughs> you want to play a game, brother? <laughs> oh yeah, Macho Man. Want to play a game here, brother? Oh, apparently you turned into pro, pro wrestling, pro wrestling, pro wrestling uh, imitations doing saw. Yeah, That's our new yeah, show boy, here. Oh boy. 
so so we X we, yeah we could we could do it all here we could do Jack Nicholson on some episodes we could even do the Macho Man Randy Savage <laughs> on others um, <laughs> Patrick this week we are talking about Saw X of course recently on an episode we reviewed Saw two we had previously reviewed Saw a while back and uh, you know it's funny. I mentioned in the intro that this is like obviously a hugely long running series in horror. And I told you during the Saw 2 podcast, like I haven't seen all of the Saw movies. I've seen several of them, uh, but I've not seen them all. But weirdly, like, even though I've never really thought of myself as a massive Saw fan, um, I'm not, you know, one of the people that, you know, typically would run out and have to see this movie opening night in the theater or really super in tune with the storylines or all the different plot lines. But I got to say, like for the Saw movies that I've seen, and I know I've seen one, two, three. Uh, I know I saw a later Saw. I can't remember which number it was. And then I've seen Spiral and I've seen Saw X, of course. Now I'm like, you know what? These are pretty decent films. Like I'm not saying all of them are. I know there's some, probably some pretty bad ones in the middle there when I know Tobin Bell was no longer involved with the series and things like that. But you know, I was like, you know, for a series that I don't really think about all that often, Saul's got some pretty decent films. It's also like rather ev- evergreen. You know what I mean? Like it just kind of I think it has its fan base. And when it comes out, it's it's just out. Like I feel almost like <laughs> it's a weird comparison, but like, you know who the insane clown posse is? Yeah, of course. Absolutely. ICP Detroit's <laughs> own. Yeah, exactly. So it's like I I don't particularly like Insane Clown Posse, but I know that whenever they put an album out, like their fan base is there. And I don't want to insult Saw fans and say they're the exact same thing, but it it, it does feel that way. That's like when Saw movies come out, like Saw fans are there. I I was there on a Thursday night in a a, a decently uh, sized uh, uh, theater with enough people in it. And they're, you know, they they have their fans. They have their fan base. It is it. They have kept this thing going for twenty three years now. I think because the first one was in two thousand, right? Two thousand four. So right now, nineteen years. Nineteen years. Oh, okay. Two thousand. Still, I mean, we're talking uh, about almost twenty years uh, of a pretty steady fan base. I mean, if if they've made, been able to make ten, that means that they're making money making them, and they don't just you know they don't they don't go straight to video. They go and get released, and people go see them. Uh, I from for my part, I've seen one, two, three um spiral and x so i've seen five of the ten which is not bad um and i guess i'm kind of lucky because now looking at it seeing one through three spiral okay like you and i didn't love spiral i i don't think it was like a a, an incredibly exciting movie but at least i knew it was like well done i was it was clearly like had a lot of great gore in it and stuff and it, it just felt like a high quality made movie and i've seen x now and they and these movies, these five that I've seen, are very consistent. They're very much like these Saw movies that I've come to expect. Like I know, I know now what I'm sitting down to get, and maybe that's why the fan base is so loyal, because they maybe they get the same thing every single time. I don't know if they're always at this level of quality. These are the only ones I've seen, but the ones I've seen, I'm like, you know what? They put in the work. They made they made they made things that look good that make you squirm in your seat that are, that you they, they make you lust for blood. They're doing their job and you got to put you got to get your hats off to it, even if this isn't like my favorite series or anything like that. It just has all these right little ingredients. I like Billy the puppet. Don't even ask me why. It's <laughs> like I don't give a shit about puppets in general, 
But I like Billy. I like that he comes in on his little bike and he's, he kind of wobbles a little bit and then he comes in and his little mouth moves weird. And he just says, you know, would you like to play a game or, or I'd like to play a game or whatever he says. Like, I like that. I go, hey, there's Billy. It's kind of like I go, I go to my ICP concert and they play the song with, about the magnets. And I go, <laughs> oh, cool. Like, it's, it's all like I'm getting everything I'm here for. You're talking so much about insane clown pasta. I thought you were going to bust out a bottle of Fago and drink it down here on the podcast. Uh, <laughs> that's about that, by the way, that's the extent of my knowledge of the ICP community. And, do you, you know, know if do, we have any juggalo listeners hit us up and give me more knowledge. But do you know what Fago is? I'm assuming you do. Cause that I is do a, know what Fago is, yes. It's a staple of the ICP, yes. Um, do yeah. you know what Fago is? To give another comparison to this franchise, you you compare it to Insane Clown Posse, which I admit that was a good one. Um, <laughs> I I know I actually know some Juggalos. I've actually been friends with some Juggalos, so I, I think I, I know uh, I know at least one. Yeah, I know like three, and and I went. I used to work with one, and went to as friends with others. So yeah, like I I get where you're coming from. My comparison in terms of horror franchises, weirdly, like I think Saw actually has been better. But, like, it kind of reminds me a little bit of Final Destination, where it's like the right. first Final Destination movie to me is like, I love that movie. I to this, I just watched it within the last year, and I absolutely adore that movie. Uh, very much like I adore the first Saw. The first Saw is so well done, so yeah. creepy, and just well written and acted, and, and so unique in the way it was executed. Th- those two stand alone. But when you get to you know Final Destination two, the formula is the same. Someone has a premonition that people are going to die. They save them, and then people start dying. That's pretty simple formula to follow. And now I've seen all the Final Destinations. So do they get goofy? And are some of them dumb? And some of the kill scenes stupid? And yes, like it does get goofy at times. Just like the saw, the traps in Saw get they like overcomplicate them, and it gets a little goofy and stupid at some points down the road. But as long as you don't totally break that formula people getting trapped somewhere in weird mechanical traps and then somebody has a premonition a bunch of people start dying that's not rocket science but what you're doing is is you're you're feeding your core audience and there's a reason why they made six final destination movies or whatever number they had five or six and we're on saw 10 because it's a consistent formula and the filmmakers while they have some fun with it and they do try to get creative and you know, twist some characters around and things like that. And there is a, you know, there is a long running, um, story, so to speak in the Saw movies. Like they, they, yes. they haven't, you know, they haven't like you know, retconned everything and just gone back and remade what they already did. Um, and, and final destinations kind of been the same way where it's just like, we know what our audience wants. We're going to service them with what they want. And in Saw movies, you're looking for some sort of sadistic trap to punish somebody or to make somebody learn better than what they're doing. Uh, obviously, you can pick and choose how you set that up. But as long as you ultimately execute it with that sort of a plot line and you have somebody saying, would you like to play a game? And somebody getting trapped in some kind of weird and fucked up trap. And you know somebody's getting their arms sawed off or their nuts sawed off or their legs or whatever is going on. Your core audience is going to tune in. That's again, we've I like, I, I know it's like we talk about slasher franchises. Like there is a, there is a 
Friday the 13th movie that doesn't actually have Jason Voorhees in it. Like, I know, kind of does, but it doesn't. And people got people were so pissed off about that movie when the big reveal, I'm sorry, the movie's like 35 years old at this point. The big reveal was it's not actually Jason, it was a copycat, and people lost their shit. They're like, it's not yeah. Jason? Like, what? And, and even though I adore the film... It was like when Halloween 3 came out and it's like, there's no Michael Myers? Like, what are you doing here? This is my... So they have a formula, they understand the formula, and they stick to it, and it works. It does. And you... Okay, so now we've talked about Final Destination, we've talked about Saw, might as well toss Scream in there. These are these are modern era horror films that have, that have at least taken place since the late 90s. They learn from their predecessors, and and we've 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 gone over the entire uh, Nightmare on Elm Street franchise. We've talked about t- the entire Texas Chainsaw franchise, and we've talked a lot about Friday the Thirteenth, even though we haven't gone through all of them. But when you fuck with the formula, something goes wrong. Well, all these newer franchises, Scream, Saw, Final Destination, they don't really fuck with their formula. Like they 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 took knowledge of their of the history of horror and went, doesn't really work if you do that. I mean, even Spiral, which is from the book of Saw, it's not even technically like Jigsaw is not even in the movie. And I think he's only referenced like you don't even go back to him or anything like they still give you what you're looking for. You're looking for traps and you're looking for a big twist ending to see how the Jigsaw killer had had this planned all along, like some, something to that effect. And it 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 tur- it. it it provides a very consistent franchise for people. So I get it. And I appreciate that. And we might as well, Damon, now start talking a little bit about the latest installment, the 10th installment. Usually 10 can be a tricky time, man. I'm telling you, when we got to Jason X, I didn't go see it. <laughs> like when they promoted Jason X and I was like, it's like, it's Jason in space. I was like, I'm not even going to go see that one. And that's my favorite franchise. I was like, yeah. I, I never saw it in the theater and I never will see it in the theater. Even if it's like re-released, I don't know, maybe I might. But just just to hear what this what the crowd's gonna be like. So when you get up to those high numbers at ten, you're like, ooh, what's what's this gonna be like? What are we gonna do? Well, we talked a little bit about it when we we just talked about Saw Two um, a, a week past, and they're coming back to the basics. They're they're bringing Jigsaw back. They're bringing Amanda back, and they're telling a story that takes place between Saw One and Saw Two. And I thought, well, shit, that's kind of bold. But it, it also kind of makes sense with the times, right? Because Scream uh, was kind of a requel. The Halloween franchise forgot about all the old ones. And it's just it's just starting, you know, it, it started anew. That's kind of what they were doing here. They're like, let's just get back to the original stuff real quick and see if everybody responds to it. Critically speaking, right now, it's doing pretty well. It's the highest rated critically Saw movie since the original, I believe. It may even be more critically rated higher than the original Saw. I'm not sure. They decided to just go back to basics. They go, let's give you some Tobin Bell as Jigsaw. And let's give you his acolyte, Amanda. And let's let's tell one of their stories from between those times. And uh, and you get a little taste of it in, um, in the trailers that... That Jigsaw is again trying to cheat death. He's he certainly wants to live, and he comes across this experimental procedure, and they may or may not have scammed him, and they may or may not pay the ultimate price for <laughs> trying to fuck with Jigsaw. Okay, let's let's see how this goes. And Damon, uh, just first impressions without any spoilers. We, we'll we'll do spoilers in a minute. But how did you feel about 
th- this newest installment, this 10th installment of Saw. Let me say this first off. I said this during our Saw 2 podcast, and I said when I saw Saw 3, which is where, again, the movie sold. I, if you're watching Saw X, you should know what happened in Saw 3. Um, <laughs> Amanda and Jigsaw die. And and then yeah. the franchise goes on, and they keep finding weird ways to bring Jigsaw back through flashbacks and you know inter- other encounters, and, caps. You know, all this kind of stuff. <laughs> but the reality is, and I said this, I said they kind of wrote themselves into a little bit of a corner because that's what people have come to know in the Saw franchises is Amanda and Jigsaw. Like that's what people wanted. When you eliminated them, you had then you just started finding creative and weird ways to bring them back, or at least bring Jigsaw back. So this is that, but it's much better. Like, there's actually, like, a legitimate plot and storyline in this movie, which I kind of joked when we were getting ready for the show. I said one thing I really liked about Saw X is there's, like, a real story. Now I'm not saying the other Saw films don't have a story, but the other Saw films largely create a story to involve Jigsaw. And what I mean by that is if you look at Beyond Saw 1, which is... A totally different film, let's be honest. Like, that was not... that Saw 1, while it does have a trap, is really nothing like the other Saw movies. They, they The trap became the, 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 the trigger, so to speak, and they just started putting him in all the movies. When you talk about Saw 2, do we spend time with Jigsaw? Absolutely. Is he, is he, of course, a major part of the plot? Of course he is. But he's creating a circumstance for a group of victims who don't appreciate their own lives. In this case, it was ex-cons and people who had been you know, addicted to drugs or whatever, and then a, a dirty cop he wanted to punish. But that's what it was. It was all involving them, and Jigsaw's injecting himself into their lives, right? And that's kind of a theme throughout the series. Saw X is about John Kramer. It's about Jigsaw. Mm-hmm. He's the story. Yeah. He's the plot line. And one thing that I think is kind of woefully underappreciated about all the Saul movies is that everyone loves Tobin Bell. Everyone loves Jigsaw, but Jigsaw is actually not in a huge chunk of those movies. He makes appearances, of course, but he's not generally the star. He's the, you know, it's like if you're reading a credits line for a movie, it's like this, 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 like eight people. And it says, and starring Tobin Bell, like that's how he gets in. Like he's, he's obviously integral, but he's not like the yeah. leading person. You know what I mean? Like he's never like the lead character, even though he is the lead character, if that makes sense. This movie, he is. He is the the plot all revolves around John Kramer. I thought that was a really brilliant move because what everyone loves is more Jigsaw and we got more Jigsaw. Mm-hmm. And also what I love about the plot of this movie, Patrick, is that it turns things around because so much of this movie has been based around John Kramer's brain cancer and he's trying to find a way to survive and he's trying to teach people who don't appreciate their lives to appreciate life. He had his taken away with no choice. He's giving them a choice. That's his whole thing, right? In this film, you start feeling sympathetic for John. Like you start feeling sympathetic for what he's going through because we are spending so much time with him on those as he's teetering on the edge of death dealing with this brain cancer where like you really feel sympathetic for him like you really feel bad for the guy you see how sick he is and the last thing you really want to see are sick people get taken advantage of jigsaw becomes a hero in this movie which sounds bizarre guy who tortures and murders people kind of becomes the folk hero of this movie 
what what the the old saying is you know <laughs> be the hero long enough and stick around long enough and you become the villain this is kind of the opposite of that yeah. like be the villain long enough you eventually become the hero that's true not that's not just true like here that's true in like i would argue that jason basically stuck around long enough and became the hero freddy versus jason He's, yeah, he's basically the hero in Freddy versus Jason, even though he, he he does kill a lot of innocent people. Let's not let's he still has to do what he has to do, but he saves the day. Actually, um, another instance, I would say the new Texas Chainsaw Massacre sore, <laughs> whether they intended to or not, they made the characters so unlikable. You were kind of happy to see Leatherface take a chainsaw to those people. Yeah, <laughs> that's what we have here with Tobin Bell. And, and by the way, by the way, like. What an incredible career for Tobin Bell, who's done tons of other things, by the way. But for for him to be in a movie called Saw, where he spends the entire movie face down in a pile of blood <laughs> and only appears at the very end. He was so beloved from the, from that that they go, well, in Saw 2, like, we'll make it more about him. We'll actually we'll sit him in a chair and have him have conversations with Donnie Wahlberg. And then for Saw Three, it's it's even more uh, focused. Excuse, I think, excuse on, me, it's it's Lesser Wahlberg, by the way. You got his no, name wrong. Lesser. You and your Lesser Wahlberg. <laughs> Lesser Wahlberg. That's his but name. then, but then in Saw Three, you get you get even more Tobin Bell and more of his story. Yeah, like the guy, the guy is so charismatic that they just said, "What well, just just find ways to make him stay alive." He, he he should have been terminal and dead in the first movie, based on all the numbers. And here we are at Saw 10 now. Of course, Saw 10 cheats and goes back in time. So there's more reason. Like, like maybe this whole story is told in the span of like six months for all, <laughs> for all we know. It's really hard to tell. But they, they said, let's if we're going to cheat anyway, you know, because we're not dealing with a supernatural being like Freddy or Jason, then let's just create enough space in this little frame of time and give you as much Tobin Bell as you can possibly handle. And they do it again here. And uh, I don't know, like, I'm a little, uh, before we get into spoiler stuff, because I do want to talk about the plot, uh, overall impressions, Damon, I mean, I think it, to me, cinematography was on par with even the original uh, as very high level work, uh, great acting all around. I think it delivers on all the gore. I think it delivers on all of the shock value and the, and the, the edgier seat, the, the pucker factor of 10 with these traps um i think this is a, a this is a tried and true saw movie i think dedicated saw fans are going to like what they see in saw x don't you think well, i i do i i think they will and one thing i do applaud the saw franchise for doing you know james wan hasn't been involved since the first one like him and lee Wanell yeah. directed the first directed and wrote the first one james wan who has gone on to create a ton of franchise you know obviously insidious and 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 the conjuring most you know notably and even aquaman um he hasn't been involved since the first film, but what they yeah. have done consistently is they've kept kind of everything in the Saw family weirdly. Like a lot of the writers have written multiple Saw movies. It's not like they bring in a new crew for every movie and someone's always trying to reinvent the wheel. You know, Lee Wanell came up with a story for the second one. They actually wanted them involved. I told the story for Saw 2 where they were all filming Dead Silence, so they couldn't come back for Saw 2 or they would have. But Lee Wanell helped help, you know, craft the story and the, and the, um, uh, the script. But they're, you know, they, they obviously retain producer credits, but like then they, when they move on to Saw 3, like they brought in new people. We mentioned Darren Lynn Bozeman, that was a big part of the franchise for several films. And then the one for this film is Kevin Grudert, who is, who I learned, like he's the director of this film, but he edited the original Saw. Like he was yeah. James Wan's original 
editor because James Wan's posted about it on Instagram today or yesterday, and he said, so cool to see you know, the franchise still going after all these years, and Kevin was by my side editing the first Saw. That, to me, is really cool that it's all stayed in the family. Like, this guy was there when they were crafting the original Saw when they really didn't have money, they didn't have a budget, you know, they were trying to make a film, and then it became this iconic horror film and then spawned off into a franchise. That guy, who I know he's also directed other films in the Saw, this isn't his first time directing, just to be clear, but, yeah. like, he was involved at the very beginning. Like, they've kind of kept it all in the family, and even the newer people that have come in, they've been there for several films. Like, it's not like they just, because you know how it is, like, a lot in, especially in franchises when you get into, like, the 6th, 7th, 8th, and ninth films, who directs, writes, and produces part seven is never the same as who directs, writes, and is part eight. Like, do they rarely have a through line. Like, rarely. Outside of the characters, they rarely have anyone else that's, like, the same involvement from, like, film to film. They're just like, oh, you can do it? Okay, cool, you can do it. And then it's, like, totally different feel. You know what I mean? Like, it's, like, it just yeah. t- totally different kind of... They've stayed consistent with Saw, and I appreciate it. Like, the fact that Kevin Grudert, who has done several Saw films, edited the original Saw, is now coming back and directing this one, says mm-hmm. the, it speaks to the consistency of what this franchise has become. And so this film feels, I know it sounds stupid to say it like this, this film feels like a Saw movie. There's some brutal, 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 gory moments in this film. I, I think this is one of the more gory Saw films. Um, this is up there really gnarly traps, really gnarly death scenes. Um, I think Tobin Bell is at his most effective because he actually has a lot more scenery to chew in this film because we're seeing him out of the context of just being the voice on the tape recorder and or the guy in the hooded, you know, whatever, you know, talking, or we see him randomly popping through like doctor's offices. Like we actually get Tobin bell. Like we get the real John Kramer in this film for quite a while. Like he's the star. And then Shawnee Smith, who comes back, like obviously Shawnee Smith really stole the show and saw two. And then the big reveal that she was his prodigy all along, but her coming back, like we see that relationship between them continue to grow because he became like a father figure to her and she became his prodigy and, and carried on his work when he was going to die. Her coming back was you really they really played into that relationship in this movie. Like you can see the bond, the care that Amanda has for, for John Kramer, for Jigsaw. So those all elements all worked. And as I said, this is like Every Saw film, we all twisted, like all of our twisted minds root for the really cool, bizarre, de- devastating traps. I know we do. But ultimately, the, like we all know the moral compass. Like Saw is not, the, he's not exactly in the right. Like he may have like a moral high ground, but torturing and killing people is probably a bad idea. But what, but what I'm saying in this film, though, is like I said, when I said earlier, he becomes the hero, like you're rooting for him to fuck these people, to fuck people up in this movie. Like beyond like the general, like I like saw traps. I'm talking like the plot of the movie, the story of the movie really does make you care about John because this is in the prime time of when he's fighting for his life. He's fighting to survive. He's fighting to live. And it's really, it's just, again, I'm not going to sit here and say it's amazing. It's the best horror film of the year. It's any of that. I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and lie to you and say it is. But what it is, Patrick, and what you've already said, it's a Saw movie. It is what you know what you're getting when a Saw movie comes out. This one is better, I would say, than any you know any of the recent Saw movies that I've seen or heard about. 
and it checked all the boxes. It checked all the boxes of what I need in the soul movie. It's like when you pick up your insane clown posse records, you want to hear them <laughs> chanting about Juggalo and clown pain, I yeah. guess, and Fago. If they didn't do that, you'd probably be a little disappointed. Well, this checks all those boxes for a soul movie. And I know that sounds so generic and saying like, you know, they're not reinventing the wheel, but Patrick, when you're on the 10th film of a franchise, you're probably not, you're probably better off not reinventing the wheel. I think the best news we can say is that this is still a saw film because so many times with old franchises, that's the part that comes most into question. It does not come into question here. And I'd love to start getting into plot, so we might as well get into spoilers. But before we do that, I'd like to remind everybody, if you want to pick up the Rewind of the Living Dead t-shirt, it's incredible. It's really high quality, really high quality, made made by Cav- the same people who print for Cavity Colors, so top of the line. Uh, we can give you those if you go to rewindoftheLivingDead.BigCartel.com at a very good price. You can check it out there, Rewind of the Living Dead dot bigcartel.com get that t-shirt today it's limited run we don't have we don't have a infinite warehouse a saw jigsaw style <laughs> warehouse full of t-shirts no 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 we have just a few so go ahead and go over to rewind living dead dot bigcartel.com and get your t-shirt today buy those t-shirts so patrick can afford to buy fago that's what we're saying right now <laughs> get those t-shirts get those t-shirts first well, get that i do fago. not want this podcast <laughs> to turn into patrick's a juggalo i am not i don't know anything about the juggalos i just know that they have a very dedicated fan base and they drink fago these are the things i know you've condemned yourself now though you've now become an icp fan that's what you are you're now a juggalo you are officially <laughs> as long as a juggalo. I'm good with as like if as long as i'm good with juggalos i'm good yeah you are now a juggalo uh yeah so let's get into <laughs> let's get into spoilers as we said obviously now so be aware we are talking spoilers for saw x if you haven't seen it go see it i think you can tell from the first half hour of this podcast that we we liked it like it was a pretty good movie uh pretty good saw movie so getting into spoilers patrick so the plot of the movie really let's boil it down to that starting off which is john kramer is desperate to find a way to live he has brain cancer he has a tumor inoperable and he's been told numerous times that there's basically he's just he's counting down the days to his death there's no saving him at this point and he goes to you know survivors group like some out of fight club and they have a meeting and like, you know, he's telling, you know, people are telling their stories and then like time passes and he's sitting out having coffee or something. And one of the people from his group comes up to him and says, oh man, you know, I, I, I feel better than ever. And, and he tells him about this miracle treatment. It's a treatment that's not allowed in the United States because, you know, the FDA would never approve it. But if right. you go to this secret location these people have a, a cocktail of drugs combined with surgery, cause state of the art surgery, and they have a ninety percent success rate of taking the cancer away from people. Now, while you and I can sit here and say, Boy, does that sound like a scam? If you're dying and everybody told you you're dead, like you're not there's no coming back from this, we can't save you, there's no amount of chemo that's gonna bring you back from this, you'd probably start believing miracle cures because you just want to survive so john seeks out these people and it seems like everything he could ever want they are doing he meets us he meets a patient when he first goes in there who got cured he meets another patient who got cured he's feeling on top of the world they're treating him like gold 
a miraculous service. They go and he has the surgery. He takes the cocktail. He falls asleep. He wakes up. They're very caring. They're very, you know, you know, your, your new life is about to start right now. You know, enjoy it. And then John is so happy. So celebratory that he decides to go back to the clinic to thank them for saving his life. Only problem is when he gets there, it was all a scam. It was all a setup. He discovers rather quickly. No one, they didn't even operate on him. It was all just to bilk him out of, which I don't know if you saw the number, but it was $250,000. Yes. Yes. And he realized that these people thieved him. They, they grifted jigsaw dumb fucking people. (laughs) Needless to say, Patrick, he finds out who did it. And then the shit is on. Yeah, it does not take him long to say, all right, you fuck with me. I'm going to show you the kind of games I like to play. Um, Damon, I think like what what we're dealing with here is like the entire first act of the movie is not a Saw movie. And we kept going, oh, it's a Saw movie. It's a Saw movie. It's a Saw movie. Most of the, the first acts of, of the Saw movies that I've seen, they try to get you into the trap as quickly as they can. They try to find a way to put to put our, our unwitting uh, person in this in this terrible jigsaw puzzle. And they don't do that here. They take the first act to have us look upon a very frail John uh, who is 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 very much dying from cancer. He is losing hope. He is losing the battle. And again, timeline puts us between Saw 1 and Saw 2. So he he's done all that wonderful killing that he did in Saw 1 that we love so much. And now in between this and Saw 2, he's he's basically down for the count. He's looking very frail. And you spend a lot of time feeling bad for this guy. And it was really weird, you because you mentioned a little bit of that before spoilers. You sympathize with him a lot because they just show him as a cancer patient. And, and, and like there, nothing about the plot in the first half of the movie has to do with him, like trying to create a trap or anything like that. You're just walking through this journey with him, which is different than I've seen before. And you begin to sympathize with him. And I was like, are we painting him as the good guy here? <sighs> and they kind of are, because once he discovers that it was all a scam. And I mean, I'm talking every little moment you're talking about when he goes to this except for the part where they actually had like they faked kidnapping him in because he can't see the actual entrance so they like they kidnap a a gunpoint to get him in there so he can't find his way in outside of that every interaction was sweet and warm and nothing you get in normal saw films he was seeing good people do a, a good a good deed for somebody to save their lives and the minute that he realized that it was all a fucking scam, he calls up his acolyte, little Amanda, and they fucking hunt all these people down. They go through Mexico, they grab each and every one of them, they bring them back to the facility, and the and the games begin. And boy, do they begin. That's when you get the Saw movie. But I was shocked to see that it almost, to me, played like a revenge movie. Like usually revenge movies start out like a, like a revenge movie, an origin story. You start out with like a, either like a cop whose family was murdered or, or just some guy who, who went through something bad. And then the rest of his movie is getting even for the people who wronged him. That's what this saw X is. 
you kind of you you kind of put everything aside. I remember saying on the on the saw saw two episode like, oh, basically, you know, the beginning of this movie should be when that door shuts in Saw, and the end of this movie should be when he's about to start playing the game with uh, Detective Matthews. Yeah, they said, nah, fuck all that. Let's pretend like all that's well in his past. However, we're playing with the timeline, and let's have John Kramer you know, just fight for his life and tr- and try to find this impossible cure and then be wronged and then do, do something to the people who did wrong to him. It's just a revenge movie. It's just a revenge movie told in the Saw template. And I was like, well, shit, no wonder this is getting such rave reviews because most, a lot of revenge movies are fantastic by the way. And they, and they can, and they run through all different types of dra- dramas like genre, uh, uh, you know, like drama, thriller, uh, horror. You could do you could do revenge a lot of different ways. This time they said, "All right, let's do it. Let's do a Saw revenge movie, where Jigsaw is as ostensibly the good guy, and it's and believe me, the bad guy played by uh, I'm going to butcher her name, Sonova Makoti Lund. Um, <laughs> she plays Cecilia. There's no ambiguity. When you find out she's bad, she's bad. She stays bad." the entire movie so you are dealing with damon a movie where indeed as crazy as it sounds jigsaw the psychopathic killer is the good guy here he's the hero and 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 i think and also when when you talked earlier about how like it doesn't really become a saw film until the first act is over you're absolutely right here's where that here's how it works though and here's why it works because we're with John Kramer the entire time. Because we're with Jigsaw. Yep. We've come to all like this character and this performance. Tobin Bell is incredible. But as I said, every Saw movie, he's in it sparingly. He's in it for 10 minutes, 20 minutes. Like, he's not the star. He is, but he's not. Like, he's not omnipresent. It's like, you know, when you he's watch... In a, it, he's in it in three. He's in, he's in Saw 3 a lot. Uh, he is, but again, like, there's still the other characters that are taking, like, the plot. You know what I mean? Like, he's involved. Yeah, and he is in, basically just on a table, yeah. The whole yeah, time he's a, and he's involving himself in their lives. Like, this is happening to him, and that's the big difference with this one, is this is all about John Kramer. This is all about what he's going through. And so when you spend that first 30 minutes or whatever, and there's no crazy traps, nobody's eyeballs getting pulled out of their sockets, none of that. It still works because you're still with John Kramer. You're you're with him the entire time, and you see this frail, broken, beaten, basically man who's defeated and ready to give up because he can't fight anymore because there's nothing left to fight for. You feel for him. And then when he goes through this situation in Mexico where these people are offering this miracle cure, and then you realize he got taken, you know, it was a confidence scheme, it was a, it was a grift, it was a, a con, you legitimately feel bad for him because in that first half hour that you spend with him, you see how frail and broken and beaten and all these things he is. You're kind of thinking to yourself, man, this is kind of sad. Like this guy is like, you know, he's dying. He's dying right now. And, and, and yeah, you forget he's a psychopath. You forget he's a psychopathic killer. And then when something bad happens to him and people take advantage of him, just trying to, like he was, when he went to this clinic, there was no, like, I'm going to torture you. You're going to fix me. I'm not like, there was right. no, like, he was seemed like a normal dude. Like he was just a normal guy seeking help for his disease. And when they, when they conned him and we know they conned him and you realize they conned him and none of this was real and it was all a scam and it was all to take his money. Every single person watching this movie is like, oh, I can't wait to see Jigsaw fuck them up. 
I can't wait. And you talk about it, like I am. I love revenge movies. I would argue revenge movies are yeah. probably my favorite. Like you know, I'm a Tarantino fan, of course. And that's like his. That's yeah. his stock and trade is, is revenge movies and movies like Rolling Thunder. And there's a million of them out there. Uh, out of the Furnace. I love that movie. Yeah, I mean, but, there's a million yeah. great revenge. I mean, Revenge with Kevin Costner is a great revenge film. Um, you're right. This turns into a revenge movie. And much like a lot of the great revenge movies, when you're kind of like rooting for them to get their tormentor or attacker, whatever it is they're doing, and you're rooting for them to die. And usually you're rooting for them to die in the most horrific way possible because of what they did, whatever they did, they killed someone, they, you know, did awful things to someone, whatever you're rooting for them to get theirs. Like that's 100%. You're absolutely sitting there thinking, "I, I want this person to get theirs because of what they did. Saw is the perfect methodology to really enjoy a revenge film because that's what everything builds around Saw is with the traps and the torture and all that kind of stuff. When this starts, when John captures everybody and puts them in a room and he starts offing them one by one, it's so horrific. And what I also enjoy about this one, which I know this isn't the first time they've done it, but everybody's in a room together. So they're watching themselves get taken apart knowing they could be next so it's really gnarly and yeah it's 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 not reinventing the wheel but it's kind of turning the wheel on its axis a little bit to whereas again john kramer's the hero you're rooting for him and you're rooting for these people to get theirs and that's a little different yet still some kind still kind of the same as this all like it's a it's a really brilliant way to do it to, to make a movie like this in your 10th installment to reinvent it a little bit without totally changing the formula and you get away with it. And the reviews beyond ours have been really strong. And as I want to be clear, when I say this, Patrick sounds like I'm just, you know, ra- you know raving about this. Movie. Listen, I'm not sitting here saying it's one of the best horror films of the year. Okay. It's not going to be, I, I tell you right now, it's not gonna be on my top five list, but it, it is a, it is a fun, enjoyable and different yet same Saw movie. And that's really all I wanted. Lots of familiarity, but a new way in. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like the familiarity is you get Jigsaw. That's a big one. And that's, I think people want have wanted that basically since they killed him off in three. They've been like, just how do we find a way to keep including him in these movies? Well, let's just go back in time and include him fully. And so he's fully, this is fully his movie. It's told from his perspective which is another thing that doesn't often happen where you actually, you know, imagine a Freddy Krueger movie told from Freddy Krueger's perspective. You can kind of argue Freddy versus Jason is a little bit like that, sort of. It has multiple perspectives, so that one's different. This is told from his perspective, and, you know, it is told from Amanda's perspective. Now, I said back on the Saw 2 podcast that it probably would have been a good idea to not have killed Amanda off in Saw 3, and had her continue on and be the new jigsaw like that 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 might have been the better move and maybe that they wouldn't have required so much like uh jumping around to get to get uh tobin bell into every movie any way they could but they did it so hey we like them both let's bring them both back and in this movie once you reintroduce amanda there's a new wrinkle in that story now if you remember saw three she basically I think she dies in Saw 3 because she can't take the final test, which is you don't kill anyone directly. That's Jigsaw's rule. She did it in Saw 3. 
And so she could never truly be the next Jigsaw. That's why that's why they put her to the end there. But this is before that, while he's still training her and he's still teaching her. And the new wrinkle this time around is that one of the people who wronged him is uh, Gabriella, played by uh, Hanada Vaca. She's a drug addict. Now, if that sounds slightly familiar in the in the canon of the Saw series, Amanda was a drug addict who found a new lust for life by being trapped by Jigsaw. He made her fight for her life, and it changed something in her, and then she became his acolyte. She decided to join the cult of Jigsaw because she believed in what he did because it saved her life. Well, now she is setting up this game, and there's another drug-addled woman addicted and 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 vulnerable and that's a problem for amanda in this in this movie she doesn't quite want to do to gabriella what got done to her but in the same token she's like well but it did save me could i save gabriella is it possible so that's the new little wrinkle for her so once she enters into this plot she has something to do she has something to chew on and it'll inform Saw 3 a little bit later down the line, you know, eventually, because again, we're bouncing around the timeline in kind of a weird way. So it keeps things fresh. It keeps us on our toes. And then Damon, I'll I'll just say it right now. I think these are some of the better, I think as for all the things, we, we didn't have much to say about Spiral that was good, but the gore was intense in Spiral. I think the gore in this movie is right on up there. I really do. Uh, I haven't seen some of the middle Saw movies. I don't know how crazy they go gore-wise. This one's intense on the gore. When the when the when the when the traps start being set, it sucks. They had a, they must have had a really big blood budget in this movie because there's a lot of blood in this movie and one one scene in particular, mm-hmm. of course, towards the end. But yeah, it's a very gory, very bloody movie, and it's kind of what I like about it is the uh, you know this is a this is a medical scam, a group of people you know pretending to save people's lives with a miracle treatment for cancer. So the traps kind of play back into that with like the medical side of like torturing these people, which is you know somebody's got to use a wire saw, one guy's got to basically. Pre- to perform a, a, a craniectomy, a craniectomy on himself. Another one uh, has to break her own arm and leg while getting blasted with a radiation machine. You know, she has to do it within a certain period of time, or she's going to die. All of them are medically related, basically turning their scam back on themselves, and it's pretty brilliant. And they are incredibly brutal. Um, the traps are great in this film and the gore is great in this film. And again, I think I can't rave enough about this, Patrick. The plot is really strong. I mean, it's shockingly strong for what I, you know, I went, I went into this movie with relatively low expectations only because I'm not a massive Saw franchise fan. And when you go back to the well, 10 films in, you're kind of like, eh, is this a good idea? Are they, you know, they're going to mess it up. Like, are they this felt genuinely like a real Saw movie, and it fit in terms of character and execution. It fit pretty well between Saw 1 and 2. I was actually kind of surprised. So, yeah, it, it it's it's what I wanted, and, yeah, it's gory. And it's uh, and let's get into our categories, Patrick, and let's kick things off and talk about best performance because, again, to their credit, I think everyone in this movie is pretty good, but there's one person that stands above the rest and and your pick is my pick i would love to sit here and say i'm gonna go different than you but let's just talk about the best performance in this movie because it's set up to be the best performance in this movie and and it and it executes really well 
Yeah, the best performance in this movie, hands down, goes to Tobin Bell, who plays John Kramer, a.k.a. Jigsaw. And it is for the aforementioned first act of this movie where you just get to know him as John Kramer for a little while. They really like they kind of tease like in the in the trailer, they, they show you the eye suction machine. It was just a fantasy in his head. Uh, very early in the movie, almost just a way to satiate the audience, knowing full well that the next 30 minutes or so we're not going to have any of that in it, because what you were going to do was take a story break and learn about John Kramer's struggle with cancer and his desperation to live. He wants to live. And so you go through all of that. Well, guess what? That takes some pretty good acting. Tobin Bell's got it. It's kind of crazy that I don't see him in a lot of more things. It kind of reminds me of, um, uh, why can't I think of his name right now? Freddy Krueger, Robert England. It, it, yeah. it reminds me like Robert England is a great actor, but you don't see him in a ton of stuff. Tobin Bell's in stuff, but you don't see him enough. He's a very good actor. And in this, it's rather touching and he's rather, you know, he, he portrays frail and vulnerable really, really, really well, even though you know full well, he's a psychopath. Like when he's sitting and talking with Cecilia, and she asks him what he likes to do in his retirement years. And he's like, oh, I like to, you know, work with people and help people out. And he says it in this, in this really kind of soft and very normal way. And I go, that is a fucking raging psychopath saying that right now. He means what he says, but what he, he doesn't give away on his face is that he goes, yeah, I torture, I torture people until they die, basically. <laughs> like he could say it with such, a, such an ease. And uh, yeah, I was I was fully blown away by his performance. But by the way, everybody in the movie does great. There's no bad performances. This is a more performance based movie than I think the other Saw movies. Yeah, like I originally was going to lean into uh, into um, uh, Seventy McCody Lund. Did I butcher that name? I think I did. Uh, who played Cecilia? Oh, yeah. I thought she played a pretty delicious villain. I thought she did a really good job. I really do like Shawnee Smith. I've been one of those people for years that said I wish she would have done more stuff and got more roles. And again, I don't know. Maybe she didn't want them. I have no idea. Maybe she just you know maybe she started a family or something. Wasn't really into acting at that point. I don't know. But like she's really talented. And I think she could have been a lot more things. Much like Tobin Bell. But the answer to best performance is Tobin Bell. They gave him a performance piece. They gave him some real meat to chew on in this film. And he does it. And he does it really well. Like, again, the first half hour of this movie, as we talked about not really being a Saw movie, it's just a dramatic movie of this poor guy trying to do anything, desperately trying to save his own life and stave off the cancer that is literally eating him alive. And as yeah. I said, you feel legitimately bad for this dude. And that a big part of that comes down to Tobin Bell's performance because we've seen him at his most sadistic when he's really taunting someone and trying to lead them into, you know, his traps and to kill them. There's a, there's a real diabolical nature behind his eyes that he seems like kind of like an, like not really innocent, but like a harmless. That's the word I'm looking for harmless yeah. guy. Yeah. Yet he's incredibly dangerous in this film. He's harmless, but you also see the, how delicate and, and, and close to death he truly is. And that takes a performance. And that's where Tobin Bell really works. Like, they, I'm sure Tobin Bell would have gladly signed on regardless because he's been in all these movies and it's a paycheck and he's the Saw franchise. And he knows, you know, you want to do a Saw movie and you want John Kramer, you're going to have to pay me. But it's almost like the writers and the director and the producers and everyone that made this movie were kind of like, you know what? We want to really give him something to hold on to in this film. We want to give him something that when the year's over, we talk about the best performances in horror. It's going to be one of those. Like, as I said, this film is it's a fun 
good Saw movie, but it's probably not going to be on my best of list. But what I will remember when the year is over is Tobin Bell's performance, because this was really strong. This is the kind of movie that you watch Patrick and you get a little angry, kind of like you talked about Robert England, where you're like, he get typecast, you know, he's like, everyone knows him as Jigsaw. So you can't think he can do other things. Robert England's a great actor. He's actually a really good comedic actor uh, and and a good actor in general, yet he obviously got pigeonholed as Freddy Krueger. And of course, he's brilliant in that, but he's a really good actor. And I would argue the same thing for Tobin Bell. Like, he's a really strong actor. He just, it just doesn't seem like he's gotten those chances. And because of that, it's almost like the Saw people are like, all right, we're going to make a movie for you to really stretch your legs right. and, and breathe dramatically. And he does it. Yeah, I think, and that's a credit to, I think, the fact that the creatives behind it are, are they're very much part of the DNA of the entire franchise. These are, these are all people that have been around in some way, shape, or form the entire franchise. So they were like, hey, if we're going to bring him back, let's make it worth his while and really give him some stuff to chew on. And they do. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we mentioned, like, this is a consistent franchise. The same people being involved. I think that helps and pays off, and especially in a case like this. Mm-hmm. All right, let's talk about best gore because there is a lot of gore in this movie. And I'll be honest, Patrick, I actually had a hard time nailing down what my favorite gore was. Like sometimes we do best gore and there's like two, maybe three choices. There's like three or four, four or five really hardcore choices in this one. Yeah, there was. And uh, and and truth be told, my choice kind of had more to do with just how it made me feel, which I think a good a good bit of gore should do that and i'm gonna and i'm also gonna say that um my best score is also my best trap so i'll explain it all as kind of one big thing but basically it's what i called the wire saw i can't remember exactly what he called it but basically um he's got i think it's valentina one one of these one of these wrongdoers rigged up to this basically a wire saw that is going to saw through her and and cut her head off if she wants out of the trap she has to take a little mini wire saw and cut through her own leg with that wire saw, but that's not enough. She has to then take a vacuum, ram it into the sawed off bone and suck out enough marrow, not blood, marrow, to uh, to, to shift a scale to actually shut the machine off before she gets her head chopped off. Well, that just equals a lot of gore. I mean, just this, if it was just the scene of her taking the wire saw to her, her own thigh, oh boy, was that heavy. I mean, because you could just feel it and she's screaming bloody murder and she's going to town on her own thigh and you're just like, oh, God, this is awful. <laughs> this is genuinely awful. But then the leg comes flopping off. The blood cut, the blood is pouring out. Then she has to take the vacuum and jam it into her thigh. And then the marrow is getting sucked up and it's and you see at first blood is hitting the little grate and it's sinking right through the grate. So it's not weighing down the thing. It needs the marrow. It needs that thicker, viscous marrow to actually create the weight that will actually push it down. And then that starts pouring on and the mixture of the marrow and the blood. I mean, that is intense, intense gore. And then guess what? She's too late doing it. So it still chops her fucking head off and she becomes just a a mix of parts on the ground. And it was just like so intense. So it got my best score and best trap. So in terms of, let me, let me, let me be clear when I say this, this is the best score and the best trap, but I'm going to pick different ones because I want to talk about another couple examples of great gore and traps, but this one was particularly brutal. And, and, and as I've said, I've seen five or I've seen six saw movies. I can't remember. Again, I know I've seen one of the middle ones, 
Um, I just can't remember what number it was, but I know I've seen saw one, two, three, Spiral, and Saw X, and I know I've seen one of the middle ones. I just can't remember which number it is. It may be Saw Four for all I can remember, to be honest. The traps in those movies are all there's always a couple that I really enjoy, right? Uh, Saw Two, we talked about the needle pit. I really like the uh, hand where you stick your hand through the glass and you can't get it out because the razor blades. Mm-hmm. They're, they're pretty creative. The wire saw and the decapitation machine, for lack of a better word, and the idea you had to suck out bone marrow to put on a scale has to be one of the more sadistic and brutal traps that I've ever seen in a Saw movie. And it is every bit as nasty as you could possibly imagine. Watching this, and by the way, the Saw is sawing from the underneath part of her leg through the top. So she's going from bottom to top, and it's really gnarly. And at the very end, when she's cutting through that last piece of skin, it's like stretching the bone. The leg is starting to fall off, and the skin is still trying to desperately hold on. Oh, dude, it is so gross. And then they up the end. Oh, yeah, but that's not enough. We're not just going to cut off your leg. You yes. got to suck bone marrow out and put it on a scale. It is it is disgusting. And it is, I mean, it is as good a gore as you're ever going to see in one of these movies. Um, there's another scene where a guy has to cut into his own skull and pull out pieces of his own brain, which is pretty nasty. That one doesn't qualify for me. Um, I like the Gabriella torture device where she's hung by a leg and an arm and she's getting radiated to her face. So her face is basically getting melted, uh, each time she doesn't break through this thing and she eventually breaks her own wrist, breaks her own leg with a sledgehammer, falls off the trap and she's the one who survives. Like she's the one who lived. And so Jigsaw literally says, Amanda, you take her to the hospital. She, she survived. She did what we asked her to do. Um, doesn't yeah. work out that way, but you know, she actually did survive, but for best gore, I'm actually going to pick the fantasy scene from the beginning because John Kramer's walking to the hospital and he spots an orderly with a guy passed out, you know, basically in comatose in a bed and he sees the, the orderly open the drawer and he's about to steal this guy's wedding ring and his wallet and any kind of watch his valuables basically. And Jigsaw's watching from the outside, and we get a flash of this guy being put into a device where he has to turn a knob, and each knob he turns breaks one of his fingers. And if he doesn't do it in enough time, then there's a vacuum machine attached to his face that literally sucks his eyeballs out of his head. He breaks like three fingers. He can't get to the four. Time runs out, and the thing literally starts sucking the eyeballs out of his head. And it's like the uh, the machine you see in Tommy Boy, where they have like the you know what I'm yeah. talking about where they got like the value you put the you yes. put the, it's like the, it's a bank when you go to the bank you put the tube in you close the tube and it zooms up in the air like it's a vacuum yeah. tube whatever it's in Tommy Boy as well where it sucks off Rob Lowe's shirt uh, it's like that like he has a machine that just yanks out his eyeball and you see it go down the tube and it spirals out and it just <laughs> drops down this big bloody lump of an eyeball and then the second <laughs> one happens now we find out a moment later this is just Jigsaw's twisted head coming up with an idea how he will torture this guy because when he looks at the guy, he ends up putting the wallet and everything back and closes the drawer. And as he passes him, Jigsaw says something like, good choice, because he was about to get really (laughs) fucked up. But the fantasy of that, and you don't know this, by the way, when you see it, you think he's actually doing it to this guy. It's only afterwards you realize it was just in his head. But that scene of the eyeballs getting sucked out of his head was pretty gnarly. Uh, Yeah, that was a lot of fun, especially just when they you know brilliant cinematography when they go to put the camera inside the 
the suction tube right where yeah. the eyeballs are. So you can see the eyeballs kind of being pulled and you're like, well, okay, well that was very inventive. I don't know how you guys did it, whether you did it with CG or whatever, but it felt effective. And yeah. then I want to give one more honorable mention to another great trap that kind of gets forgotten because it's sort of weirdly timed between uh, the main room is, is when is, is the taxi guy. Um, so the taxi guy that picked him up from the airport is in on the whole, the whole scam. And he actually pretends to be the surgeon. Well, when Jigsaw finds that out, he, he steals the taxi guy he, and he tortures him for information and he sets him into a trap where he basically uh, wires pipe bombs to this guy's arms and then tapes his hands up where he only has these like scalpels for, for hands. And he's like, if you want your arms to not blow up, you need to take these scalpels, cut into your own arms and fucking and rip these pipe bombs out. That's the only way they're getting out. Otherwise, they're going to explode on you. Um, incredibly gory scene where the guy is just literally digging. That guy fucking fought for his life and dug <sighs> dug that shit out of his both of his arms and got the pipe bombs off, but not without making complete fucking chuck roast out of his fucking arms. Yeah, that was good. I actually really liked the Gabriella one with her being dangled in the air with the heat machine, the radiation machine, literally melting yeah. her face away, and she has to break her own wrist and break her own leg with a sledgehammer. Like it's not the most creative. But the whole radiation machine, like basically, you know, basically he radiating her face away while she's trying to do this is pretty gnarly. So the traps were I all wanted pretty them to great. go farther with that, and they didn't. <laughs> I don't know. Just like her smashing her wrist and smashing her own leg with the sledgehammer was pretty bad, too. You see her bones breaking and bending. And you're like, oh, yeah. Jesus. So, yeah, they, I yeah, mean, they really they, they did, they did a good job at the traps. Like I said, there's really not a bad one, and the gore is just off the charts when you talk about the, even the, like we barely mentioned the guy literally picking out pieces of his own brain like he's pulling ramen out of a bowl and he's putting it in there. I mean, that's, that's how gnarly that is. Yeah, you know, this this movie goes for it. When it's time to go for it, they go for it. This is this is one of those movies where we talk about best gore and best trap, but there's there really is no wrong answer because they're all pretty good. Yeah. Even the even the big twist. Let's talk about the big twist real quick before we get to our next category. Because every Saw movie has to have a twist, right? Like you gotta have a twist in there. And this movie, the twist starts out that the people who've been captured who who scam John, they end up scamming him. The, the, there's a guy who who comes in the building who it, it, John met when he first came to the clinic who was also getting cured, apparently, of thyroid cancer. He shows up saying, you scam me, I want my money back, and they basically invite him in and so say, well, you can watch us torture and kill these people for what they did. And then it turns out that this guy was an accomplice. He was part of the scam all along. And so him and the woman, Cecilia, turn the tables on John and Amanda. And they, they tie down Sean, they tie down Amanda, they tie down John to this weird teeter-totter machine. And there's this little boy named Carlos. The one kid who was not involved in any of this, he just actually happened to be a neighborhood kid kicking a soccer ball outside the factory that had been set up as this fake medical center. And John kind of befriended him a little bit when he first got there and he helped him fix his bike. And, you know, he, he was very friendly. And again, you see a different side of John Kramer. They end up pulling the kid inside and making him sit on the other end of this teeter totter machine with John. And they're dumping blood on both of them. And basically you have to pull a lever to pull one person up. They'll get bled on and then pull the other person up. They get bled on. And, and basically the person who gets bled on eventually will die. will drown more or less what they're saying. And so it all seems like, holy shit, they turned the tables on John and, and Amanda. Like, they got them. They win. 
And so the man and the woman, Cecilia and her partner, go up to the main office to get their money because they've been stealing all this money. It's like $8 million they've stolen from all these people they've scammed all over the world, and they keep it in cash, obviously. So they run upstairs to get it. Well, as soon as they grab the money, it triggers the door to close, and they get trapped in there. Basically, the whole thing, the whole thing was a setup. John was never really trapped. Amanda was never really trapped. It was all for the purpose of putting those two in the room together with a deadly chemical agent spurred into the air, which we see used again in Saw 2, where they use a deadly chemical agent and the people trapped in that house. And they basically say there's a escape hole that you can put your head through to get clear air, and you can do it, but it's only room enough for one. So they basically make them choose to turn on each other. Who's going to turn on the other one? And then even, even when Cecilia survives... She gets locked in the building, so she's destined to die. Like, she's not getting out of there anytime soon. She just didn't die by the chemical poisoning. But the whole thing was a setup. The whole thing was a twist to get them in the room together to where they had to basically choose to turn on each other. They had to basically scam each other at that point, turn on each other. So that was the twist. And it was a cool twist because John being pulled into his own trap, you're kind of like, oh, shit, this is different. And then you realize it was all part of his plan. Yeah, I kept going. I go, I know he's got the jump on them. But by the way, when the guy appeared and he was like, where the fuck's my money? And he's he's wielding a gun. I go, he's definitely in with Cecilia. I knew that. Yeah. I saw it coming. I knew that I go, one he's too. In I with saw Cecilia. that. Yeah, I saw that coming. That, yeah. was, that was pretty obvious. I, yeah, that one didn't get me at all. But when I tell you what really got me was when little Carlos got on the fucking machine. I was like, yeah. whoa, we're going to put a little kid in a fucking jigsaw trap. <laughs> are we going to do that? Like, are we going to do that? And they fucking did it. And it's this, like, I called it, I, I nicknamed it the bloodbath, but basically it's, it's uh it's waterboarding, but with blood, it's bloodboarding. And like, you know, I, I'm, I'm 99.99999% sure that it's like a stunt person pretending to be a kid, but like you see poor little Carlos getting dunked with gallons and gallons of blood. And you're like, Oh my God, that's fucking intense. Well, and you realize at the end of it that John had this whole thing set up because John keeps telling Carlos not to pull the lever because John knows he can take yeah. it. It's set up for well, John the, to. Yeah, it was set up for John, but I think it was set up for John and, and Amanda. And the Amanda twist was the kid wasn't supposed to be involved. Yeah, and he and, and Jigsaw is legitimately trying to save the kid. Like he's like, don't pull yeah. the lever. Like, don't put yourself in the kids trying to save John. Like the kid literally mm-hmm. he pulled the lever to switch it up and he's like trying to save John. And like, that's like, holy shit. This kid actually cares about this guy. And he's like, cause he was like, please don't pull that lever. Carlos don't pull that lever. And he does it anyways. Cause he's trying to save John. So at the end of it all, when you, when you realize this was all a trap and John was trying to turn the tables on them. So they would get in this office and then turn on each other when he traps them up there and you see Cecilia's head sticking out, he specifically shows that he has the $8 million and he hands it to Carlos and gives it to him and to take back to his family. And they walk out and leave her there to eventually, you know, wither away and die. But it was a cool little twist. Like I, I didn't like, I was with you when he first got trapped in there and and Amanda's trapped. I was like, they're getting out of this. Obviously we know they do because they go on to make Saul too. But even, even I, in that moment was kind of like, I don't know what they're doing. Like, I know they're going to do something, but I don't know exactly exactly what they're going to do that was a good twist putting them in that office trapping them there and then realizing they were never locked up they were never amanda was never trapped john was never trapped carlos unfortunately got pulled into it but he got eight million dollars for his trouble uh and and, and and the whole plot was for for uh, cecilia and her partner to, to be trapped and have to turn on each other i thought that was a really cool twist 
Yeah, yeah, it, tot- it totally worked because I did not know how they were going to get out of that. And the whole kid being in the trap thing was super fucking intense. I was like, whoa, okay, yeah. fucking gloves <laughs> off here. Shit, yeah. I didn't know we were, we're going to start torturing kids now, too. Okay. We're really going for it in Saw X. Um, <laughs> so, Patrick, our next category we typically go through, which is sequel, remake, or leave it alone. And that's where we will, obviously, the category kind of speaks for itself, but we'll take whatever movie we're reviewing. And we'll say, should they make a sequel of it? Should they remake it? Or should they just leave it alone? Now, this is a little different because we're 10 films in. We are now 10 films into the franchise. They have the original idea, which was vastly different than any of the sequels. They have a couple of films where it's really focused on Jigsaw and Amanda, which is kind of cool. Then it twists off into different variations and disciples of Jigsaw. We even got a book. We've got a movie about the book of Saw, which there was no actual book of Saw, by the way. I never saw John Kramer jotting down a, a book, although he did. He did have a scene in this film where he was drawing torture traps, which I thought was interesting. Like he's gone his way yeah. to Mexico and he's like sketching torture traps, which I thought was interesting. Um, so we've had that, you know, you even had the movie with Chris Rock, you know, and, and somehow Will Smith got in the movie and he comes up and he's like, keep my damn wife's name out your mouth, Jigsaw. <laughs> um, we even got that. Um, so what what do we expect for the Saw franchise moving forward, Patrick? Because we all know this ain't going to be the end. You don't get a highly reviewed movie, probably the, the second highest reviewed movie in the franchise history beyond the first one. And you're not going to make an 11th film. So what do we expect out of this franchise moving forward? Well, this is going to get me in, in trouble with, with all the, uh, Sawalos or whatever they called themselves. Swallows. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know. I don't know what the instead of okay. juggalos. I don't know what they call themselves, but the, the saw people might be mad at me for saying this, but if it's sequel remake or leave it alone, you're 10 films in. We know we know we know leave it alone's not gonna happen. But by the way, they could end at 10 and kind of say, hey, we did it. We ended on a high note. But they're not gonna do that. So my take is to do a remake. Start over. And I mean no more Tobin Bell, no more Shawnee Smith, no more, no more John Kramer, no more Amanda. Start from day one with a new jigsaw killer and a new way in because I think, I think the only, the only thing that I think the creators of this franchise, or, or at least the people that have keep, kept the franchise going this whole time, the, the one thing they go that they probably wish they could take away is that jigsaw was, was had only like a, a small window to live, find a new way around that. I don't know what it is. I didn't have time to think about that. That's actually hard shit. And that's what you get paid the big bucks to do is figure out that, but figure out a way to create a new jigsaw killer who creates traps, who who wants these people to fight for their lives and give him his new reason that does not involve him dying very quickly or her dying very quickly. But it's time for a remake. We've done 10 solid films with the John Kramer saga. Let's start over. Let's do it all again. Hey, br- hey bring back uh, James Wan. Let him direct the new saw. And, and let's tell a whole new jigsaw story like from day one, starting fresh. So I know reading up about this franchise, even though I haven't seen all these films, and I'm about to spoil one of them for you, Patrick, because I know I read about this one today, and it's a movie, I think it's Saw 3D, I think is the name of it, but I don't Mm -hmm. know what number it is. It's eight or seven or something like that. Right. And part of the plot of that movie, and I've never seen it, it's old, so forgive me for the spoiler, because even I haven't seen it, I just read about it. 
They revealed that Doctor, what was his name? Uh, the guy from the first film. What's his? Um, um, Carrie Elwes. Carrie Elwes. Uh, his character, after sawing off his leg, he turns out to be another disciple of Saul, of Jake Saul. They twist it no. in that movie, in like the eighth one. It's a really weird one. I, I've never seen it, but I read about it, and it's actually, I read a ranking today of like the best to the worst um, Saul movies, and that was the last one. Like that was the bottom of the whole thing was that film because like they're like, come on, you're just trying to change too much and fit a narrative. Right. He was not involved with Saw at that point. You're trying to make it seem like he was like whatever. But that this that's been the plot of a, a lot of these movies. They introduced Amanda, which was a cool twist, and then they had uh, the detective Matthews. Was that his name? Detective Matthews comes mm-hmm. in, Costas Mandalore, who shows up in the post credit scene in this one. By the way, he pops up briefly at the very end of the movie, um, and they kind of pass the torch. They tried to do that. That's what they tried to do previously was pass the torch to Detective Matthews and they continuously find ways to bring Jigsaw back and flashbacks and videotapes and all these different things they do. So ideally, Patrick, my answer would be leave it alone because you made it to 10. 10 a pretty good number. And if you got, let's just say there's five to six pretty good Saw movies in here, at least five. I didn't really like Spiral. I like Saw. I like Saw 2. I like Saw 3. Let's just say there's one more in there and then Saw X. That's five. Five out of ten is not a bad number. It really isn't. Okay? You made five pretty quality Saw films. My ideal answer would be leave it alone. But as we said, that's not going to happen. It's just like like anything else. Any other franchise that makes money, they're going to bring it back. So I don't totally disagree with you on the whole remake idea, although I do think it's going to take a little bit of time to separate to get people not to think about Tobin Bell and the Jigsaw. So the only other answer I would have, and this is totally based upon a good story, and I don't know if it can be done, Patrick. I'm being honest here. If you can find another backdoor in to bring back jigsaw and amanda or at least jigsaw and some other version of a story i'm not saying you need to keep sandwiching things in between saw one and saw two but maybe like a prequel leading into saw three or however you want to do it to another story involving john kramer in some way shape or form i would be okay with that as long as it's like saw x where you come up with a creative and unique way to get in it's not that he was miraculously saved and never was dying or some bullshit like that like another story of similar tone and nature. Now, is that even possible? Probably not. That's why I'm being honest. Like I understand it would be, it would be really hard to do that because this was crafted really well and it was original and different. And I don't know they could do it again, but that would be the only other way I'd want in is if you could come up with a way to bring back the core characters, bring back jigsaw, maybe bring back Amanda and tell another original story, whatever that is. Maybe it is, Amanda, like how he first met Amanda, how he trapped her in that in that trap that we see in the first movie. I don't know. I don't know the exact answer. If you could find a way in there, I think I'd be interested. Now, I'm telling you right now, I don't think it, I don't think it can be done. And two, if they do do it, I don't think it can be done as well as Saw X, and I, I don't really want that. I don't want them to keep coming up with these weird yeah. prequels just to continuously bring Tobin Bell back, right? Otherwise... I think yours is really the only idea. The only problem is I think you got to wait like five years. You can't do this anytime soon. Yeah, oh, you soon. have to wait. Yeah. You have to wait. So that's why I say ideally this would be it. Like just be done with it. And I know that's not going to happen. 
but that's it because this was this was a really well done song movie and you know you're gonna keep going back to the well like i i'm wearing today actually you can't see it all the way you can't really see it on the shirt i'm wearing a halloween h2o shirt now i defend halloween h2o vehemently it's a very divisive film amongst halloween or slasher fans a lot of people like it some people hate it i really like halloween h2o it was like the the scream of Halloween movies it was made in the you know, late nineties, early two thousands. Kevin Williamson was actually involved. It was very much a scream Halloween movie, but I really enjoyed it. And it made a lot of money at the box office. It brought Jamie Lee Curtis back to the franchise, all those kind of things. And it had a great ending, a great ending where Lori finally gets her revenge on Michael. She chops his freaking head off. That's pretty definitive, right? That's as definitive as you can get. She chops off Michael Myers' head. But what happened, Patrick? Made money at the box office. <laughs> Studio's like, we need more. And so they bring it back in Halloween Resurrection, which is the only movie that could possibly rival Halloween Ends. is the worst <laughs> Halloween movie ever. And they make some weird twist that Lori actually kidnapped a hospital worker, an orderly or a nurse or whatever, a, a, an ER per, or a, a, a emergency response person. The, the mask was put on him by accident. She accidentally chopped off the wrong. It was the most <laughs> convoluted, stupid plot to work around to bring Michael Myers back that he never actually died. And then actually Lori dies at the beginning of Halloween resurrection. It's the, it is the dumbest, like really the most moronic way around to get in back into a Halloween film I've ever seen. It was so dumb, but that's the <laughs> links they went to to make a sequel after Halloween H2O made money and was, it was fairly well received. It revived the franchise at that time. That's why I say my ideal world where there's no other Saw movie, that's not going to happen. And chances no. are, they're probably going to do something to screw up what I just said. Like you made a really strong plot, a really cool story with John Kramer coming back. If you can figure out a way to do that again and make it work, I'm in. But I'm telling you right now, Patrick, it's probably going to end up like Halloween Resurrection. Buster Rhymes is going to show up in there, and it's going to be really bad. <laughs> Damon, truth be told, the Saw franchise has already has the formula for the prequel, and it's very, it's very well known, very famous. All they've got to do to do another prequel yet again with Tobin Bell, put a backwards hat on this motherfucker and a baggy hip hop hoodie, <laughs> and he's young, and you're done. It's easy. It's that easy. That's that's how good of an actor Tobin Bell is. You put a backwards cap on him and he's 25 years old and we get to see a young Jigsaw do his thing. I, I rest my case. <laughs> yeah, they, they don't even try. You know what I did appreciate about this movie? <laughs> and one thing I did appreciate, like Tobin Bell is an older actor. He's not a young man, but like, and obviously when they're doing this movie, like part of, I guess part of the benefit of being on your deathbed is you're not supposed to look good. So he looks right. pretty bad. Shawnee Smith, we can clearly tell she's not the same age as she was in 2005 when they made Saw 2, when she was like one of the main stars. It's 18 years later. She's older. Now, I'm not saying she doesn't look good or anything. She looks perfectly fine. But they don't try to de-age her to make her look like she's no, 24 or whatever yeah, again. Like she, she looks like she's in her 40s or whatever. They don't try to like, oh, yeah, we got to de-age her to make her look 25 again. They're just like, you know it's Amanda, fuck off. And I appreciate yeah. they're not trying to fool me or trying to pull in some like Robert Downey Jr. and Avengers thing where they're just like they're going to de-age him to look like he did when he was uh, blowing dudes in yeah. less than zero. Uh, they don't try to do that <laughs> with this film. Uh, they just, they just like, here's Amanda. She's a little older, but you know who she is. Fuck off. And I appreciated that. Yeah. 
Yeah, they don't play around. They, it's just, just all they need is a costume. That's it. A costume will make them look young. I love. I let the spirit of indie filmmaking. It's alive <laughs> and well in the Saw franchise. Exactly. All right, Patrick. One of my favorite categories we talked to on this show, which is can we survive this horror film? So, listen. I would hope neither one of us would ever be involved in a medical scam like this, so where we'd actually scam cancer patients out of their money. No. Uh, so I, I don't really want to put ourselves in that situation because that's a dark one. I really don't want to be in. But just in general. We talked about this with Saw 1 and Saw 2. Actually, I don't think we had this category for Saw 1. Obviously, we did for Saw 2. Yeah. Could we survive this horror film? Could we survive Saw X? You know what? There is one trap where I was like, I could do that. And that was the the, the fantasy trap, the eye suction trap. It's like, once I know that as I turn the knob, it's going to break the one finger, I go, oh, I just need to crank it over to four <laughs> and we'll break all the fingers <laughs> like in just one one fell swoop and then I'll be saved. Like so in a weird way, I can tell you this time around, because that guy wasn't involved with the scam at all. You know, he was just he was just stealing up a, a, a watch or something like that. If I was in that guy's shoes, I think I could survive. I could survive, but the problem is that was the fantasy. That one didn't actually happen. Uh, I couldn't survive any of the other ones. I'll tell you right now, I can't saw through my own no, leg. I would no. just like, just go ahead and cut my head off. Uh, I know I couldn't saw into my own skull. I just know I wouldn't be able to do that. And the whole radiating my face off while I break my own ankle and wrist. <laughs> that's the one I think I could get the closest to. Cause I think like that yeah. one's not as hard to escape, but even that I'm like, as she's banging this sledgehammer on her leg and her arm, I'm like, this would really suck. And I would just be like, you know what? Like the, you know what? Here's why I say I could potentially survive that trap. Patrick, here's the only reason I'll say I could, because the pain from breaking my ankle and my wrist wouldn't be nearly as bad as the pain of my face being melted off in a slowly burning process. By that standard, I could maybe get away with it. But that's it. That's the only one I might have a chance at because I like being burned alive is like my biggest fear. Like everyone, like what's the worst way to die? I think being burned alive would probably be a near the top. Like that's that's near the top of the list, right? That oh yeah, uh, literally a, a giant blow dryer just melting your face off slowly like it turns on and then turns off and your face is just melting off that seems pretty sucky and it seems like a yeah. sledgehammer to the leg and a sledgehammer to the wrist could be a little bit tolerable if that's the fate you have to <laughs> escape none, none of these scenarios are good but yeah that, that might be the closest one that you could survive all I could hope for in this movie is I'd be Carlos. Can I come in and just like survive the blood, the bloodboarding, and then get eight million dollars? Could I do that? Could I? Because I could do that. I could pull that one off. Yeah, if Carlos could do it, I feel like I could do it. So, see, yeah. there's many survivable situations in this Saw movie. I think the answer is a sound yes. Yeah, there's a couple. There's a couple. I I could and I could do your, the the fantasy one. I could do like I could have my fingers broken real quick. So like, like you said, he, the the mistake the guy makes in the in the fantasy <laughs> is he goes too slow, he breaks one, it hurts real bad. Then he breaks another one, it hurts real bad. I would just do what you said. I just crank the fucker over <laughs> and just good. I'm, you're gonna break my fingers anyway. Just snap them off. Just be done with it. Yeah, I've seen too many Saw movies, man. Just crank this thing already. Yeah, just get that over with. I want to keep my eyeballs. Uh, you know, on a, on a scale of, on a scale of suck to really sucky, I'd rather not lose my eyeballs. My fingers will heal eventually. Yeah, you can put a cast yeah. on. My fingers will heal. I ain't getting my eyeballs back in my head. No. <laughs> so overall, Patrick, this was uh, you know, I, again, I didn't go in with preconceived notions. I didn't go in expecting good or bad. To be honest, like I really didn't. 
But I, when I say so, when I say this, I do mean it as a compliment, and I, and I certainly don't mean in a way that I was going in expecting to be disappointed because I really wasn't. But I was pleasantly surprised by this movie. I was I was genuinely impressed by the story, the execution, the plot, and the twist. Not the twist at the end, but the twist that you could actually make a psychopathic torture killer a hero. And it actually works. Like, it's not the typical, like, you watch a Freddy, you watch a Jason movie to watch Jason hack people apart. Yes, you're kind of rooting for Jason. I understand that. But you're not rooting for Jason. Like, you're not saying he's in the right. right. At least I hope you're not. You might want to get some psychological help <laughs> if that's the case. Uh, Saul's kind of the same way. Like, you like, because you like the traps, you like the people, you know, you like to see how they, whatever happens. And, and there's always a morality tale in there, but... I would hope you're not truly rooting for Jigsaw. Again, you might want to talk to somebody. This film manages to actually make you root for Jigsaw, and I don't feel bad about it. When this movie was over, I didn't feel bad about rooting for Jigsaw to win. I'll be honest, even when he was trapped in that final trap, and I knew he was going to escape, but I didn't know how. I was kind of like, I'm really rooting for him to pull this off and fuck these people up. So, yeah, it yeah. worked, and that that's a rare treat for what I thought maybe I was going to get with this movie. Very much so. Yeah, I think I think you're going to get what uh, what what you're expecting out of a Saw movie and then so much more. And dare I say, without really getting into the conversation, but like we had another longtime sequel. We had Scream 6 this year. I liked Scream 6. But as as sequels go, I might like Saw X better than I like Scream 6, if that makes any sense. It does. Um, I just I, I, I just like this story in particular that the scream six is not even a bad story. I just like this story better. Um, and then, you know, are we ask each other, we ask ourselves at the end of every episode, is it scary? Um, the saw movies don't really scare me, but that's not what a good saw movie does. And when we're asking, is it scary, Damon, in this instance, are we going, is it saw E <laughs> and this movie's very saw E <laughs> yeah, like very, is. very, very saw E. And it's again, so much more. So, I, I I tell you multiple times, I'm sitting in that theater and I I sat up and I and I scooted all the way literally to the edge of the seat and leaned forward, and just and got engaged in whatever was happening in that moment, those traps or the drama that Jigsaw was going through. This is an incredibly engaging movie. It's one of the better in the Saw franchise. I'm saying it here, right here, right now. I think it's one of the better movies in the Saw franchise. Is it Sawy? Yes, Damon, <sighs> it is Sawy. And I would agree. It is very sawy. It is very disturbing. I will say, I did. I mentioned this at the beginning of the show, and I forgot to revisit it. The one thing I didn't like, I didn't actually mention this. I forgot. I want to say real quick before we get out of here. The one thing I didn't like, and I understand why they couldn't do it, but they still use the voice. They had the tape recorder of, like, I want to play a game and, like, telling them what happened. The one thing I didn't like is, is every person in there that was trapped, they were basically watching John watch them go through this. He was like in a booth, like in the, like in the, in the, you know, it was a, it was a, uh, like a mechanic shop kind of thing. Like a, it was was like an old old factory or something. Old factory. And so like the upstairs office, he was like watching down and they still use the trick with the tape recorder. And I want to play a game and Billy, the puppet comes out. All that was cool. But I missed the mystery element of them not knowing who's doing it to them. Now I understand the point. The point is that he's getting revenge on them and they need to know that it's him doing it. But it kind of ruins the whole voice recorder thing when he's sitting there staring at you and you hear the voice. You're like, hold on, John, why the fuck are you just not talking to me on the phone right now? Like, why are you not just like shouting down from the office? 
And they even have a button for the speaker. <laughs> like, where he can talk to them from the office. So I'm like, yeah, why don't you just do that? Yeah, that was the only thing that bugged me. I was like, they still did the tape recorder trick, which is fine. But I'm like, hold on, he's right there. Like, he just yelled that out. Like, hey, John, what's going on here? You need to solve your fucking leg. Oh, okay, cool. Thanks, man. Like, you know, like that was my only, po- that was like my biggest problem because they still did the trick with the tape recorder. I'm like, why do you need a tape recorder? He's right there. Like, they know it's him. He's hanging out. Like, why don't you just come down and tell him? Yeah, there's like zero mystery. I don't know why that needs to be there. But you know but what I'm saying? Like, th- but, that, but that made it very saw-y, Damon. That did. was that's, The tape recorder is a very saw thing. It did, but it's just like, he's right there, man. He's in the office. He's even got the fucking intercom system going on. Like, like, <laughs> like if you miss a word, can he be like, hey, can I can I hear that again? He just yells out, like, it's on the fucking table. You know? <laughs> I'm just saying, like, he was right there. So, Not but yes, fair enough. It is a very salty movie. It is a very disturbing movie. And I would agree, I think, out of all the Saw films I've seen, you know, this is up there. I mean, Saw 1 is a classic. I don't think anyone's ever going to touch it. I really like Saw 2 as well. I, I thought Saw 3 was pretty solid also. I think this falls yeah. right in line with that. Saw 2, Saw 3, and Saw X are right there. Like, very even. Very even is like a good Saw movie. Not quite as good as the original, but I don't really expect it to be. But those three films kept me engaged. And I guess that's kind of all I really want out of these films. I, I think it gave us more than we ever would have expected out of these films, the truth be told. Yeah, absolutely. All right, folks, that is our episode for this week. Of course, next week, we got a big one, another new film. Oh boy. It is, we're moving into oh October, boy. so we got a lot of new films coming up. Next week, it is time to visit Exorcist Believer, uh, one of the biggest horror films mm. of the year, directed by David Gore Green. Uh, of Halloween 2018. You know, what's crazy is he got this film to make a trilogy of new Exodus films, and he only made one Halloween film, Patrick. I, I don't know. They have a yeah, lot of faith in him. He made, that 20, he made that yeah. 2018 Halloween film, and then he never made anything after that. I don't know what happened. Yeah, that one movie was so good that they said, you know what, you should get an Exorcist trilogy because you made that one, <sighs> that one really good Halloween movie. Yeah, yeah. You, you never made a really shitty one called Halloween Ends that makes one of the co-hosts of Rewind Living Dead lose his mind every time he talks about it. Uh, yeah, so that's a big one. So that's coming up next week. So we are going to move into a lot of new film territory in October. A lot of big horror films coming out this month, so stay tuned for that. Obviously, it's Halloween month, so it's always big for horror. Uh, also, make sure you're following us on TikTok. Uh, find us over there. I am Damon of the Dead, and he is Patrick of the Dead. We're posting I think I'm stuff Patrick of the Living Dead, I believe. Patrick of the Living Dead. I am Damon of the Dead. Uh, yeah. Find us over there, and uh, if you are on TikTok, we are posting clips over there. We're also posting original content as well. Patrick posted a review to the new movie, uh, No One Can Save You, which we didn't have time to review on this show. Uh, we may get to it one time, but it's just, again, in the big deluge of all these horror films coming out. We just didn't get time, so he did a little mini-review. And I did a little mini-review for the first two episodes of American Horror Story Delicate, uh, starring a really, really bad performance from Kim Kardashian. So... Go watch those on TikTok. They'll also be on our Instagram accounts. You can look at us on either place, but on Instagram, just search Rewind of the Living Dead. You can also find us on Twitter, and you can also find us on Facebook as well. And there you can send us questions, comments. You can tell us that I'm wrong about Kim Kardashian, although I really don't think I'm wrong on that one. Uh, You can talk to us about Saul X. You can talk to us about No One Will Save Us. So whatever you want to talk about, send us messages. We'd love to hear from you guys. Uh, Also, if you have questions and you want to send us emails, we'd love to hear from you that way as well. 
That's R-O-T-Living-Dead at gmail.com. That's Rot-Living-Dead at gmail.com. And, of course, you can find the podcast on all your favorite podcast platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and also on our YouTube channel, which you can just search Wind of the Living Dead, and you can see our reaction when we talk about how we were really grossed out by a saw going through a woman's leg and she pulling bone marrow out of there. So you can actually see our reaction to that on YouTube. Uh, and you can also send us personal messages on our own social media channels on Instagram and Twitter. I am at Damon Martin and you are at director Patrick. We want to say a big thank you as always for everyone that tunes in each and every week. Don't forget next week is a big one. We'll be back with exorcist believer. It opens on October 6th and we are going to review it obviously for the following week so make sure you tune in for that one thanks so much for tuning in every each and every week to rewind of the living dead we'll see you next week thanks for tuning in peace